Welcome to The Jesus Follower, a podcast about helping ordinary people be close to an extraordinary God. The goal? To help you experience the life you were designed to live in the good times, tough times, and in the moments that nobody else sees. All right, welcome into the show. Hello, Daniel. Hey, Andrew. Good to see you all again, and I think you all can see us this time. The camera's in the right place. We went to Bible school. We did not go to uh, to film school, and that's <laughs> extremely evident by the camera angles these last two weeks. I felt like Mike Wazowski uh, last week. Uh, I'm on the cover of a magazine. I didn't realize till after we're done, but looking into the camera, and I am not in the camera for much <laughs> of the year. Yeah. And then the week before, you could see all 15 pounds I put on from cot. You know, it's just oh. unflattering. But we're here, and we're so happy right. to be with you again. Today, we're, we have a good show, we hope, ahead of us today for you all. We're talking. I mentioned it last week. It was kind of unclear how I explained it. But we uh, sit down here. We don't have like an hour briefing session before this to kind of plan out where we're going to go. It feels better in a moment like this. But we kind of start, and we're going to go where we're going to go. We just have a topic and uh, we go from there. But today, um, we're talking about the topic of politics and the church, another completely uncontroversial topic that'll be easy to fill up an hour with. But uh, we've experienced this in our lives and in the church body um, because there's this constant question, and I know you know this, Daniel, of, for one, where's a balance? And number two, where does the world of politics, especially in our American life, fit into uh, church life and our Christian life. So I want to get to that today. But first of all, I want to get, Daniel, your reaction on this study that was done in 2022, right before those midterm elections, by LifeWay uh, Research. We didn't talk about this before. It was talking about uh, the church and people's political views. Um, And for one, it uh, just polled people and asked about how many uh, people feel like, for one, their political views match those of most people at their church. 51% agree with that statement of my political views match those of most people at my church. 19% disagree and 30% aren't sure. And then later on, and uh, this is where it might be a little uh, troubling, this next statement, I prefer to attend a church where people uh, share my political views. 46% agree, which seems Mm. extremely high, Mm -hmm. but 42% disagree, and 12% aren't sure. So what's your initial reaction to those numbers, especially, for one, it seems very, very divided in that pretty even 46% agree to that statement. I prefer to attend a church where people share my political views. That seems extremely high to me, but the other one seems high to me in what might be a good way. So what, what's your initial reaction to that? Wow, that's really interesting numbers and maybe even interesting to you all that may be listening in. And so uh, we, I'm curious just to hear what those of our listeners may have to say about that yeah. as well. So if you I uh, want to make a comment about your personal opinion on that. That would be interesting to see. I'm I'm kind of surprised, surprised that that would be that high. Really, that 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 would be one of the main things that they would even think about. That they would that they would want to see within the life and the body of the church. And I know that. I guess in one way I'm surprised, in one way I'm not surprised because there's there's so many different opinions. 
in our world today. So many different thoughts, so many different conspiracies, so many, so much floating around that that everyone seems to kind of be in this state. Not everyone, but it's easy to be in a state of kind of confusion. Where's honesty? Where's that line at? Where it's honesty versus just um, um, just wrong information, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and trying to figure all that out, it, it kind of leaves you in a, in a strange place. And I know that something that I've found, especially since, you know, 2020 and moving on is that political opinions are, are really floating around. People are very adamant about those and they're really willing to take a stand. And, and it seems to have really escalated since, uh, the things that we've endured the past few years. Uh, I know mm-hmm. uh, too, coming from the church that I did, there are, there are also people even before this that just have their their opinions, their side, regardless of what uh, that side stands for or doesn't stand for. They just are going to stick with that side, and I know that's a reality too. So it's kind of like this ball. And when Andrew said that we don't we don't uh, pre-plan this stuff, it really is true. We we are just trying to figure it out together the same way that you are, and so it's not anything that we are claiming to have all the answers, but we just right. really strive to go to the Bible to find what answers we can. So um, very interesting statistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has become so prevalent, like you were talking about in our life. I know I'm new relatively to the entire scene of knowing what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm 25, so it hasn't. Back when you know Obama ran in 08, I was in middle school. Yes, middle <laughs> yeah. school or elementary school. So yeah. uh I'm generally new to it, but it seems like since then, even it's become, and that's probably with the dawn of social media, 24 hour news cycle, high speed internet, what have you, that that's the, uh, more or less the driving force of a lot of cultural movement nowadays is politics. So it's interesting, this interesting to see that that even, uh, bleeds into how people prefer to go to church even i don't think that's out of bounds according to those numbers and how they frame that question yeah and you you would i guess you would kind of think that that would be a secondary thing a secondary issue when it comes to seeking i mean primarily you would think that the spirit's leading regardless of any other factors would be the main thrust when it comes to where god wants you to be worshiping at but i mean i know a it's easy sometimes for other things to kind of infiltrate and and take precedences that they shouldn't take when it comes to certain decisions that we have in our life like that. So so yeah, it's a uh, it's it's pretty interesting. That was an interesting statistic. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, multiple places we can go from here. So let's so. start with the overall picture of where we're coming from. First of all, at Rolling Hills Baptist Church, Fairfield, Ohio. Uh, I guess we could be transparent about it. I'm a registered Republican. I believe that's probably the case. I, I don't know if I know that about you, actually, which is interesting. <laughs> I'm going to keep that a No, uh, <laughs> I, I, I am a registered Republican as well. Yep. Right. And I believe it's very probably safe to say that that's the case for the majority of our parishioners, if you will, the members here at church. At least the, the, the a, a lot of vocalness is about the... Uh, pro-Republican Party. So I don't know if it's not like we've taken a poll, but of the conversation, it seems to generally lean uh, Republican. Yeah, it, it, I think it probably does. I think there is a mixture, though. Mm. I think the difference is sometimes um, depends on how loud you want to make your opinion 
you know, heard. So, <laughs> sure, sure. So, so I do think that we have a mixture, and and I think sometimes if we get too too far in the weeds on that, it can become definitely problematic. Um, in the church, I definitely know there are people in the church here, uh, Rolling Hills, that that have very strong opinions on on the issue. And mm-hmm. uh, even though we state we're Republicans, I mean, uh, that doesn't mean that we necessarily will jump to any animosity when it comes to our stand versus other sides. We're not mm-hmm. combative or or anything like that. I know when you hear that almost today, you're like. Oh no, you know, someone's probably like, oh no, they're one of them. And some are like, oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But, but we really, we say that with the sense of, you know, even though we may, we may be registered that way, the main thing is where do they stand according to the scripture? Where do the, the candidates stand according to the scripture? That is the main thing when it comes to anything political, I think. <laughs> right. So as not to askew the, uh, what was the Mitt Romney quote, 47% or whatever that are in Fairfield or (laughs) from coming to our church. That's not, I don't think we're going there, Yeah, but um, let's, let's keep going there. What do you think? Where's for one, the correct stance or the correct posture towards politics for a Christian, not necessarily for the church before someone say, who's going to rolling Hills, a Christian who might be in another church setting Regardless, uh, for a second at least, separate it from the church worship, worship service, uh, congregational experience, whatever that might look like. What it, what should that look like scripturally and in our cultural context for a Christian in 2023 engaging with the political scene? Wow, that's I just yeah, lobbed you question. a softball. Good, right? yeah, yeah. Good question. A lot of Doing possibilities here. Right. Um, I, I think personally, from my perspective, I think about some of the places in Scripture that that talks about, uh, Jesus talks about it in the book of Matthew, Romans kind of addresses it as well. But but again, I, I think, I feel like that the bigger picture is our mission for Christ. Mm. And so the kingdom that we're in a, in a bigger way, eternal way that we're a part of is is his kingdom. And so that always takes precedence, I believe, over any kind of political thought, like that comes first. So everything that we see I think we see we must see it through the eyes of Jesus because mm. that it is it is his kingdom and so with that being said and it was something that we referenced before I think that's why it's so important that that we are we are looking at where they stand on biblical principle above all else and that is the driving factor behind who we vote for who we stand behind uh, but again in the church you know it's kind of a tricky thing because we stand with Jesus. I mean, our main mission here is to be ambassadors for Christ. We are called to to be lights and salt in the world, to be a witness for him. And so sometimes what can happen if we're not careful and we get that out of balance is we become more known for our political stands rather than our stand for Jesus. And I think that's when that becomes very dangerous because the first thing someone should know about us is not the political party that we side with, is mm-hmm. not really who we even voted for, uh, is not those kind of topics, those worldly topics. It's more so they should know that we serve Jesus and they should see Christ in us. Right. And, and every, if everything's filtered through that lens, I think then, then it begins to take on a different picture than what we sometimes see it taking on in the world today. Absolutely. Yeah, and Jesus painted that picture himself. You're referencing Matthew 6, and I went ahead and turned there. He is all about in his writings and or 
when he spoke as written in, in the Gospels and in Scripture, if you look through it and look for uh, the terminology, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, it's everywhere. And it'll stick out like a sore thumb when you're looking for it because that's all that Jesus was about. And really, he was political in the fact that he he made that his path towards framing the gospel and proclaiming himself as Lord. Throughout Matthew 5, even, you look at the Sermon on the Mount, and we look at the Beatitudes, which are famous, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then it goes on from there. But even in Matthew uh, 6, you look at verse uh, 33, and it said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his mm-hmm. righteousness and all things uh, will be added to you. Mm-hmm. So we see a stark difference immediately because he goes on in 34 and says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And immediately there's a, a huge difference between how politics is played out in uh, American life yeah. and how the kingdom of God is promulgated because so often the, 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 the easiest way to get a crowd is through fear, especially in American politics today, is create anxiety, keep you scrolling, even mm-hmm. in that sense, mm-hmm. and the anxiety that can come from that and the mental health piece, but also in terms of attacks and of division that is an easy and effective way to build up a crowd mm-hmm. to find uh, ways to uh, demonize the enemy or the opposed opposition yeah. in a way that uh, rallies up your people to defeat them. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the kingdom of heaven, that's uh, different. So yeah. I think we see that happen very quick. Those worlds can get um, mixed up very easily because yeah. All of a sudden, those two don't mesh, regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, the worldview there that says you have to trump your enemy at all costs, you have to triumph over them, that is turned on its head, where Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, or those who mourn, or Hunger or are persecuted even for righteousness' sake. It doesn't say triumph over your enemy. It says there's the kingdom of heaven because we believe in that theologically because of Scripture mm-hmm. that Jesus has conquered this world for his kingdom to reign over the kingdom of this world, which is uh, in Scripture said to be the devil. The, the dev- devil's is the prince of the power of the air. And yeah. there's this sense where uh, even politically in the sense of government in total, that Satan has his domain over this world in terms of sin being prevalent and being that uh, thing that sells for our flesh yeah. and that runs different things in the world. But with God, if we believe that Jesus has con- overcome the world, as Scripture says, then it has to be different, mm-hmm. our outlook on these kind of things. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's a good passage, and and just brings to to mind the reality that it is it is His kingdom. We seek Him first, and He is the number one place where our allegiance lies. And and I think I think sometimes it can get really confusing. And and I was look I was thinking about Matthew twenty two. Uh, you know, they they also tried to use that against Jesus. 
as you as you probably yeah. remember, you know, tried to get him to uh, to basically deny Caesar. They were wanting to trap him and wanting to to find fault in him, and they tried to use use that to say, you know, oh well, you you're just you're you're just kicking out what Caesar has said that we need to do. And I just wanted to read just a couple to you, but you know, Jesus always nails it. You know, he's always perfect. It says the Pharisee uh, then went out went to Pharisees in verse fifteen of Matthew twenty two and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Uh, and I think, it, I think it comes into play here as well, because, again, you're talking about the government. You're talking about the governing body and the authority, which is, and I think politics, that's what I think of, the, the earthly governing authority. Right, right. And where do we stand in comparison to them? Because we know all throughout time that sometimes the, the governing authority are wicked. Mm-hmm. And for the life of the child of God, sometimes that means that, that that results in martyrdom. That results in some some very challenging days for them when it comes to their relationship with the government. And so it's it's trying to figure out, as we read in Scripture, we see some examples of that. I mean, I think of even... It wasn't really the governing authority, but it was the religious folks. You think about uh, when Peter and them were beaten in Acts. You think about when Jesus went before Pilate and Herod. You think about these moments in the Scripture where government clashed with the ultimate king, and how did he handle that situation? And this is one of those one of those situations. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, "Why tempt ye, tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Shew me the tribute money." And they brought him to him a penny, and he said unto them, "Who's?" is this image and superscription. They say unto him, Caesar's. Then he said unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard this, these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. But mm-hmm. that, this is only one of many occasions where Jesus is faced, and Paul, Paul's face being before Festus and Felix, and, and often there, there we see. So I, I guess really a good thing for us to do as children of God is to refer to the scriptures when it talks about politics and government and the church and Christianity, because we do have several good examples of, of what this looks like in, in the right light in scripture. Right. And you know, G- Jesus, he didn't go out and necessarily propagate Caesar necessarily, but he just put things in right standing and continued for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't go in before Felix and Festus with the idea that he's going to uplift Rome. He went in there with the idea that he's going to uplift Jesus and try to win them to Jesus through sharing the gospel, through his testimony to them. So it's a, it's, it's interesting to think about that because do you think what's your take on politics in the church today? Like in, in, in what you've heard and what you see, are we, are we, Christ-like in our handling of that, or is there still some to be wanted when it comes to that arena or area? In generalities, I think it's safe to say there we are to you know there there's something to be wanted. Yeah, I think so. Within that, in in various ways, I think there's a few that do it well, but I think with that it becomes you you have to almost commit fully or not in terms of in terms of your approach because there's some who say and and we've seen that say if you vote 
Democrat, you're of the devil. If you even if yeah. you vote Republican, you're of the de- different camps. We're yeah. probably closer yeah. to the camp of if you vote Democrat, you're the <laughs> right, devil. Right, right, yeah. Um, we're not, don't take much from that, but that's, you know, where it would lead for us. But there are other people who react to that, probably more, much closer to us who would say, okay, we're not going to talk politics at all as a church. We're not going to, uh, bring those things up for discussion and they don't really necessarily matter because of the kingdom of God, which I think is coming short as well, because if the gospel is true and the kingdom of God is true, there is a sense where Jesus reigns here in our hearts now. And we have to give an answer for what we believe, not just in scripture, which I think leads to a bigger, a bigger fallacy of our thinking for us who lean that direction, which I, I do, honestly, in my the, the way I would naturally approach it, because it is very confrontational mm-hmm. in terms of how it's approached in 2023 in America. Mm-hmm. But with that, if we are, I forgot where I was going for a second, if we are in Christ, then we will have an answer for those things that won't be combative, but that it will change the subject or change the scope of our talk entirely. I think of one person I think who does this well is um, Tim Keller. Uh, He was a Presbyterian pastor at Redeemer Presbyterian in New York. Um, Also, uh, oh, Capitol Hill Baptist. I'm blanking on his name. Nine Marks. Um, The pastor there. Very prominent guy. I would help you if I good thank you yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i'll remember good immediately inti- the good intentions are extended <laughs> right well thank yeah. you yeah. yes but um we can feel like we can engage those topics those issues from a perspective where christ comes first and we can still engage i think there is a sense back to where i was trying to get earlier that either feel like it's all or nothing in the sense that if you engage in the conversation, then you immediately have to fall in streamline of Republican or the, the stream of democratic thinking Yeah, where we're seeing in scripture. And as you're talking, that doesn't have to be the case. Mm-hmm. We can talk about these things and be in the kingdom of God as well. So I think that might be where we have the most to gain because we're stuck being reactionary to answer your question Mm -hmm. of how the church can do this better is that we either cave to what the expectations might be from uh you know a, a certain subset of the congregation or from the community at large um especially in terms of how we would post on social media, you know, the optics of everything Mm -hmm. that seems scary. And we might not feel like we have the authority to, to talk about such things with fear of it aging badly. Just even historically, I think Martin Luther King, the whole race things of the the sixties and Mm seventies, the church was not vocal in terms of that at all, much to our, our detriment, but in even that time, that was considered to be something for the naysayers say we shouldn't talk about it, that the scripture was a scripture, 
and that the world was the world and that we shouldn't really mesh the two things, that, that politics shouldn't have a spot in the church. Mm-hmm. Where today, if we approach things such as abortion, which we're very ready to do as Republicans, mm-hmm. and that's largely why I am a registered Republican, yeah. because of that personal belief that the Democrats get wrong scripturally, yeah. that we can stand there and have the boldness to speak about those things because of the gospel. I feel like I'm rambling, but it points to a larger um, uh, a, a larger worldview aspect that has to change in our minds as Christians, regardless of politics. And we were talking about this earlier, is that the Bible does speak to every part of our life mm-hmm. and not just those things that coincide with church or theology or the typical things that we talk about on a Sunday morning. If the scripture is true and Jesus is true and if he is if his is the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. if he is in our lives and everywhere there should not be we we talked about last week the idea of uh of of one thing being in one place. Why am I forgetting that Compartmentalized. word? Compartmentalization. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yeah. That's not the case with Christ is all and in all, as the scripture says. So if that is the case, then we can talk with boldness about political things. One thing that might be not as as popular or ready to talk about that might be harder for us is on holidays like uh, Martin Luther King Day, that might be tempting to talk less about than on Sanctity of Life Sunday. And it would be wrong of us in a sense, theologically and scripturally, to look at a past like Galatians 3, that says that there is no Jew or Greek, no barbarian, Scythian, Savior, mm-hmm. free, yeah. all are one in Christ Jesus. Yeah. To look at a passage like that and the theology around race and ignore that conversation mm-hmm. because it might be more the- or, uh, politically or even personally easy for us yeah. to do so but then go on Sanctity of Life Sunday and really rail against the democratic view of pro-choice yeah. or what have you. Yeah, it's, so that it's, was a lot, but it's hard to, if, if we're truly approaching it theologically and in Christ, it does change our view where you kind of have to punch both sides. Yeah, there, you know? well, and I think, I think you hit the nail on the head in, in a way, in just in that, in that answer, in the fact that it, it it's biblical issues more than it is political issues, so like mm-hmm. when you talk about yeah. the sanctity of life, I mean that that to me is not a government issue; that's a Bible issue. So, mm-hmm. but the, what yeah. the Bible is clearly states truth about um, the importance of life, and that life is is life from the beginning, and and that and, and so I think that's where even though people I know even me saying that's going to be controversial, po- possibly to. Yeah people listening, but it really isn't about my opinion on things as much as it is about what God's word says and and us trying to be followers of Christ and what he lived out and what he taught in the scripture. And so I think that supersedes all else, regardless, it supersedes people's opinions of us as a result of where we stand. it supersedes politics. Like that's why I say to, even though we're registered one way at the end of the day, it all depends on where that side stands according to the word of God. Yeah. And when it comes to to life, I mean, God's word's pretty clear that life is life from the very, very beginning, uh, mm-hmm. from the you know from, and, and so really, there's no there's no controversy there. There is in our society and world, but according to the scripture, I don't think there's really any controversy there. God's pretty clear on it, 
And, yes. and so I think if we look at it again, we look at it through Jesus' eyes as followers of Jesus, we look at it through his perspective, then it really comes back to we don't even have to really say this side or this side. We say as our allegiance is to Christ, this is what we believe his word says. This is why we stand where we stand. The side kind of is irrelevant in the big scheme of things because if it all of a sudden flipped and the Democrats started standing for life and standing for the things that I, then I would mm-hmm. have no issue following whoever I feel like is standing closest to the, to the scriptures and to the word of God because my main allegiance lies there. And so I think, I think that again, as we always get to, you know, you come to Jesus, it's always Jesus. It's the scriptures. What does, what does the scripture say? What does it teach? And for you Mm -hmm. and me, I know, I think I could, I'm confident in saying this is that, that that's where we come back to. Like it really is not um, elephant or donkey as much as it is the, the lamb of God, right? The savior of the world. And so that, that really is, I would much rather somebody know me as a follower of Jesus than I would know me as any connection or ties to a political party. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to answer to God for, uh, I'm going to answer to God for how I live for Jesus. I'm going to stand before the Savior, you know? And so I have, to, I have to come to terms with that and realize that we are ambassadors in everything, and that includes politics. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I got another loaded question for you if you're ready for it. Are you ready? Uh, maybe. Not <laughs> okay, right. All right. It just Pass. came to me no, as you were t- passing. <laughs> as, you, as you were talking, it popped up. I'm like, oh, that's another one. Okay. So, okay. so we one of the one of the things with the social media age that we live in is is we have a lot of access to information slash a lot of opportunity to pr- propagate our thought. Yes. At large. Yes. So I think. You know, we we also there there is probably a balance in this that is proper versus improper, especially when it comes to born again believers in the church. You know, and and I I'm just thinking like you know even as some listening to this, there's probably some thought that like well I just want people to be informed, mm-hmm. so I I present what I present because I want people to be informed, and in a world of a lot of dishonesty. There's mm-hmm. a lot of wrong information floating around, so there's a lot of opportunity to propagate information that would hopefully lead people the right way and not allow them to fall prey to the lies. Right. So what would you say? What, would, what do we say? What would we say to somebody who is like very vocal about political views, but they're vocal about them coming from the, the side of, I just want people being informed? Where, where is the line in that? Mm. You know, maybe it's not, maybe it's not they're being vocal to be Henri and to just, you know, just stick the other side here and there, you know, maybe, right, right, right. maybe there is a, a genuine just desire to propagate proper or what is perceived as proper information. So, so how do we, how do we draw the line there? Yeah. I think that's largely a good thing. Um, for the sense of that conversation. And I know there's, you know, there, there's people like that in our church, definitely, who yeah, are very sure. invested in uh, the, the political landscape and the culture and in the betterment of society, which is where we want to be, really. Yeah. But, um, well, not but. I think it's, as a Christian, there has to be a different set of standards and a different methodology in terms of 
what makes it to that sharing point, how much you share, where that is. It's it's different from the perspective of a non-Christian in that your end goal is going to be different. Like we said, it's going to be Christ, so that's going to look different if our goal is somewhere else. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, it's going to look different. And practically, that might look like, say, you're, uh, you're looking at something, you want to share it. If that does make it to your Facebook feed, your, your Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and the end goal is that that article is going to sway people towards your side politically for the sake of that so that your party might win elections, you might sway people to vote for your side. If that's the end goal, then that's not a Christian way to look at things because really all that's doing is promulgating the kingdom of this world. However, um, however noble the thing may be, if it's abortion and you're sharing things with the end goal of um, drawing people to your side, then that's not a Christian thing. We could see that in scripture that people will say that they did that. They'll say, Lord, Lord, I did all these things in your name. Yeah. And the Lord Jesus will say, I never knew you. So very practically in that sense, you could look at something like abortion, be active in abortion, uh, you know, to abolish it and to eliminate it all your life and say it's in Jesus' name because that's the line of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you're not, you're not inheriting the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. because Christ right. is not the center of that effort. So then on the other side, if you have, I'll just go the other side, just because that's prominent nowadays, the race conversation, especially as a Republican. But if you share something to say that there should be racial reconciliation in whatever form that you find pleasing, you know, intellectually, and there could be many different colors or shades of that. Mm -hmm. If you do that and you share that, it should end in the gospel and not in the sense that not in the sense that it would be not a logical flow you know you're not going to come from races be reconciled also come to jesus because he died for your sins that's not what we're talking about if jesus is the king of your life and this scripture is true then the hope of the gospel plays out in terms of racial reconciliation, right. where we can have black people, white people, Democrats, Republicans, all worshiping under the same roof because Jesus is the king That's and right. not this world. So if Jesus is the king and is high and lifted up over, over the parties or the politics of today, it's not like that doesn't matter, but it flows into something that matters more. Yeah. So really, we should be more empowered in those social media conversations in different ways. We're not going to lead towards, because on the one flow, if you're going towards the, your political party and drawing people to your side, Republican or Democrat, then that's just going to lead to argumentation. It's going to be very especially nowadays, more than likely, it's going to be very uh, conflict-driven and character assassination-driven, mm-hmm. all of these things, because your side's better than their side. But if it's going towards Christ, then 
it's going to be driven by peace and the fruits of the spirit, the, the fruit of the spirit, because it's all coincides together. But love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, yeah. goodness. I'm just saying these things, thinking about the political conversation now to faithfulness, gentle yeah, self-control. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And that's not, and that might not even gain you a lot of social media following because it's not going to be as controversial in your response as what it would be with the, 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 the original way of just going to your political parties. But it's not like that doesn't matter and you're talking. You're yeah. still taking a political side, but that political side is geared towards the kingdom of heaven and not towards Republican or Democrat. Right. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I, I mean, just as you're talking, I'm thinking different Bible verses and passages, you know, when we, when we think about the, the ultimate kingdom that we're a part of, and we keep going back to that, but that, that Jesus is the king of kings. So he is, his kingdom is perfect. And, you know, any side that you, you think about in this worldly kingdom, you know, are propagating peace and, and solutions and answers. We know that, that there's only one prince of peace. According to the mm-hmm. scripture, there's only one yeah. source of true peace, and that is the King of Kings. That is Jesus. So, yes. like a lot of the things that that the the political parties, worldly political parties, will propagate, are not necessarily a guaranteed fact. They are maybe a good intention or a hope in in long term at best. But mm-hmm. what Jesus says is absolute truth and is eternal. So that he trumps all of all else is trumped at the feet of Jesus yes. because he's the only true. And and I think that, like you said, worshiping together, it, I mean, when your vision is on Jesus, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as much. You're thinking about uh, as an end result, how can we reconcile people to God through Jesus Christ, through this great rescuer that we know yeah. at the end of it all? So even though we may talk politics some, like it's always with this idea that we want to get to Jesus because yeah. He is our kingdom. He is our king of kings, Lord of lords, and he is the main thing. And, and I think about, like, I was thinking about Philippians 1. Philippians 1 contains my favorite verse in all the Bible for, for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain in 21. But one of the things that Paul also realizes because of his imprisonment was that, that, that people were bold because he was in prison. Some hoping to add sorrow effectively to him while he's in prison. Some because for, for the right reasons, but he says it doesn't really matter to me as long as Jesus is the main thing, that's the most important thing. And, and I kind of like that perspective because I, I think it kind of translates into this whole politics and church, like you believe what you believe, you believe. But at the end of the day, if Jesus' name is being advanced, if his kingdom is being advanced, if we're standing on the word, then that's the main thing. Regardless mm-hmm. of what we call ourselves necessarily outside of that, I think we always have to come back to that. And so yes. many of the things that we've been talking about, that's what happens. We come back to Jesus because he is, he is the main thing. He's the main one of all of Scripture. It all is looking to Jesus, right? Like right. God's, God's rescue plan for mankind because we desperately, desperately needed it. Um, and so that I also thought about, you know, when it comes to social media, I was thinking about first Corinthians or I actually didn't know where, so I was kind of looking it up, but talking about, uh, in verse number nine, talking about different issues, Paul's talking about the church at Corinth, but, but take heed lest by any means, this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Um, and not saying necessarily not, mm. not, not pinpointing or targeting the weak component, but at the same time, like you said, if what we are putting out is leading people away 
from Jesus or being offensive when it comes to political. Now, if it's Bible and you're stating Bible and it offends, well, that's another story. But if it's if it's politics and mm-hmm. what you're putting out is so adamantly aggressive to one side or the other in such a way that it's causing people to walk away from Christ or walk mm-hmm. away from the church, then I think it does it can become problematic because uh, you know, for many issues, not just politics, I go back to the concept of I don't ever want to be the reason for someone walking away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. I always want to be the the one that's trying to reconcile to God by introducing them to Jesus. And I think that that's a yeah. fine line because I know that like if we, aside from politics, if we start talking about abortion according to the scripture on social media, yeah. that that's going to offend. However, you know, I think that the Bible makes a clear stance on those kind of issues and that you can put that out for important information for people to see and to know what the absolute truth of the Word of God says. And if people are offended, you don't do it necessarily to, to do that. You do it in love so that people know the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think those are two very different things. Yes, definitely. And really, it seems like a firestorm will be coming on those kind of issues for this next generation coming up, which is very important. We'll get to those topics in a second, but really I I like what you were saying. There's a sense in politics. We we have to ultimately deny either party as a church in that, especially since even 2008 with Obama getting elected before that, it's always been there. This sense of uh, utopianism Honor mm-hmm. having finding this dynamo political candidate or anyone that's going to bring about heaven on earth more mm-hmm. or less, but make things the best that they could be. We see it making America great again, yeah. open change with Obama, all yeah. of this with the promise that America is going to be the best it could be if they're in power. So really it can come to a sense of denying yourself and that's what it requires because on one side we should be political as Christians and have opinions and views that lead us to a certain end. But yet if that me, if following scripture, like you were saying means denying a political party today, that's suicide in terms of popularity and uh, it's just unheard of why yeah. would you because g- if you give an inch they'll take however many miles yeah there has to be this line drawn in the sand because it is so deadlocked and that's you know it's all the present all the more presence used as a line in um in fear-based campaigning that you have to vote for so and so because yeah. without it then the whole world's just going to end yeah. and it's all going to uh you know go away yeah and that's troublesome we have to deny that in Christ because because his kingdom's greater but that's going to lead to sacrifice for ourselves especially i think of an area that's coming up that's become far less controversial in term gay marriage mm mm-hmm. mhm is that it's very broadly accepted now nowadays, even among Republicans, in the sense that they're okay with it being a thing. Yeah. And again, we, we have to be careful because on one side there's this sense of on those things that we want to pad it and say, 
all these sorts of qualifiers before getting at the truth of God's word. Yeah. But if we're not careful on the other side, you know, it, it always has to end in Christ. So we are against gay marriage because the Bible says God designed marriage to be between a man and a woman. Yeah. And as he is the perfect designer, he receives the most glory by marriage between a man and a His woman. design being followed, yep. So it hurts us then if we look at God's view on sexuality as Republicans in this setting, look at a person like Donald Trump, who is very sexually promiscuous in his past, yeah. maybe in present, and unrepentedly so. Yeah. Locker room talk. You know, yeah, all of yeah. that. There's there's no, it's just political maneuvering and no, I'm sorry yeah. at any point. So we're really, we're really shooting ourselves in the foot in terms of our gospel witness if we say, if we campaign heavily for Donald Trump and say he's the answer for America, he will even things like bring prayer back in schools and invoke God's name into this conversation, and then at the same time demonize Democrats for being pro-gay marriage. Yeah. No, that's, so it's going to hurt us that's a good if we're word. really consistent on that. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And that's a, that's a very controversial topic, and, and, you know, and, and even as we're we're yeah. talking about it here, you know, but I, again, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a Bible issue. And I, yeah. I, when you were talking, I just kept thinking, you know, Romans three twenty three, uh, Romans three twenty three, because mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what side they're on. We're all sinners right. and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter. You know, I do, you know, the Bible does speak very plainly about, um, issues like marriage and the sanctity of marriage, you know, you know, the man and a woman and homosexuality being wrong. Uh, but we don't we don't go about to we don't need to only look at that like mm -hmm. you you're saying like that, that we're all wrong I mean and that's why our kingdom is in Christ because he's the only right and everything that he did was right whereas everybody else is flawed and it doesn't matter what side you're on like you said you can't pick you can't pinpoint one side and then give the other side a pass right. because both sides are sinful right so there's mm -hmm. there's things on both sides that that you could you could look at and say, well, this this could be better. There's never a perfect candidate that's going to come out, other yeah. than G and he's not a candidate, but other than <laughs> other than the Savior yeah. Jesus. And so, uh, kingdom, so right, yeah. And, and and I think I think so often, whether it's politics or in church, we get that so wrong. We're so like we jump on things like homosexuality, and we just want to beat yeah. on those things. And yes, they're they're wrong according to the Word of God, the absolute truth of the Word of God. But but still, if we're following again, coming back to Jesus, if we're following His example on it, we are loving while telling the truth because right. we genuinely care about that person and their soul and their relationship with God. And and I think the two politics as well, the two perspectives are different. It's not you aggressively attack the other side. It's always in light of I love you and I believe mm. what you're teaching is not in line with the word of God. So I'm not going to side with you, but I'm going to try to tell you the truth because I do love you and I don't want you to continue to walk down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think in, in church culture, sometimes we can be too much about, let me pinpoint someone else's because I don't feel as bad about my own. And then I'll just jump on them and pounce, you know, and just jump up and down yes. without, and you know, I think about multiple examples of scripture of our example, true example in Jesus of, of dealing with people that were living in, in very sinful lifestyles 
you know, with the woman at the well, with the woman caught in adultery, with yeah. uh, Zacchaeus even that yeah. was a was a thief, and and Jesus always had this way, and I, I so desperately want to be like this, but where mm-hmm. he, he was like he loved them so much first that when he told them the truth, when he shared that truth, it wasn't like he was just coming to beat them up. It was that he genuinely cared about them as a person. He cared mm. about their relationship with God. And as a result, when they left that, it wasn't, a f- well, they may have been convicted, but it wasn't, I'm going to throw a wall or I'm going to run away, or I don't want to hear anything else you have to say. It was, this guy is amazing. Like this God man is amazing. And mm. I, and I need to go and share that with other people. And I think, I think as a church, if that's our bigger picture, if Christ is our bigger stand, even in politics, whether it's sinful issues, which are, which are very clear in scripture, yeah, that that's the goal. Like, like leave that conversation and, and that person feels loved, even though you've told them the truth that isn't easy for them to hear, they still know that love was behind that. And mm-hmm. in the end of it all, their, their view of Christ is not damaged because of the conversation that you had with them. They still can see Christ as loving, even if they may not agree in the moment, even if they're troubled by it, you still have been a good ambassador for Christ mm-hmm. in what you have told them or talked to them or conversed with them about. And, and I think even in politics, we can do that. I think that we can love someone enough, even if they believe differently, that we stand on the truth and they know that, but we're not conf- controversial about it. Right. We just want, we, we are scriptural about it. So we come back and say, well, this is what the word says here, and this is why I stand here. And I think, you know, thus says the word of God, instead of thus says Daniel Keaton, thus says Andrew Stanley, yeah. because it really, at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't mean very much. The main thing is, what does the Word of God say as we are trying to be the best Jesus followers that we can be? Yes. yes. I think we have to break with the culture in that area in the sense that if we're standing, if we find our truth, our rock to be Scripture, yeah. truly, that same Scripture talks about both sin and how that speaks to politics, but as well as how much we need God and how much in need we are before God. So really, that security should bring humility in our hearts to influence both the debate in political conversation and how we form those views and how that looks like in our life. And that's how really we can have a church in 2023 that has Republicans, Democrats, black, white people, all sorts of people as who will be in the kingdom of heaven one day is that that supersedes all that the world insists is important. So when we say things that in the world will say that we are hateful, we are bigoted, we're yeah. wrong, and go after us personally, that's not an opportunity for us to punch back and right. feel threatened yep. because we're not. If we're really persecuted for righteousness' sake, and it's for righteousness' sake, yeah, then ours is the kingdom of heaven. We will be comforted. Yeah. And Christ is there. And that shouldn't be mistaken with if we take those same stances for our own gain or as a chance to gain power in the church or power socially, as is still the, the downside of America being, quote unquote, a, a Christian nation, yeah. which it isn't. All people are sinful. But in that sense that it is, there's still some political clout to be had by espous- espousing you know, traditional family values. Yeah. 
But that's going to lead to what we were talking about before, the sense of being bigoted for the sake of, being controversial for the sake of. With Christ, we are allowed to seek peace, or we're enabled, empowered to seek peace while still having these stances that are completely both averse to the culture, against what the culture says in a way that's considered very hateful and wrong. So it's our responsibility in Christ not to to pad those beliefs, but to be in Christ so that his perfect love shines through those beliefs. And we're not going to see that from anywhere in our popular culture. No, you're right. And that thereby is the stance of the church. It would be wrong for the church to I don't I don't think we have that uh should go that far as a church to say vote for this person vote for this person because of this because then you kind of you're you're talking about too much hopefully you know too many people to talk on behalf of all of their individual beliefs yeah yeah but we should be educating and talking about these things more often in Christ so that people have somewhere to go to be empowered for that perspective because it's so rare nowadays. So we have to fight as a church to be an outpost for Christ's truth in the spirit that leads to Christ and talk about these things so that Christians can be empowered to live righteously and not have to rely on the Republican line for their politics because it is of eternal significance how things play out like this yeah in the world yeah no that's that's very true absolutely i i I think i think at the end of the day we have to uh you know i was thinking about uh we're going to be talking out of acts 11 tonight and there's a there's a place that it says to uh to cleave that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the lord is kind of how barnabas was encouraging the church at antioch but that word cleave is like be glued to Mm-hmm. And I think about that with our relationship of Christ, and we're talking about politics that initially we are glued to Christ, and then everything we else come everything else comes out of that manifest you know and and i I think at the end of the day it's it's answering the question when people see us, what are they seeing when mm-hmm. they hear us, what are they hearing do they is our primary form of communication talking about is political issues leading the way or is Christ leading the way? And as a result of that, everything that we say will address those issues, but in the context of the scripture and our following of Jesus, rather than the political scene of the day being the lead on those very important topics. And, and I yes. think that, that that is, is, is the difference. I do think that we, that we need to inform, but I think that the, in the context of scripture, that, uh, in a big way, folks will be informed on the issues of the day. Yeah, like like if we are teaching the scripture, and sometimes, and and in our, it, you know, in twenty twenty three, in our world today, I mean, it's not an easy thing. Like talking about mm-hmm. you know transgender and homosexuality, and 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 some of these things, race, and some of these things that are are floating around in our world today are very mm-hmm. controversial. Uh, but in the same sense, there there is passages in the Bible. There is 
biblical context that gives us a place to stand on all of these issues. Yeah. So yeah, I think true. for us, it's like as as followers, the Jesus followers, as our podcast, as we uh-huh. strive to do that, to be those those the best that we can followers of Christ, we've got to make those stands because I, the Bible makes those stands. And so even when it it comes to, to to the fact of it being controversial, I mean, I still think that we have to do diligence as leadership in the church, mm-hmm. as believers in the church, to make sure that the the stands that we are making are in accordance with the Word of God. Um, and so I think it all continues to come back there. It all continues to look at Christ. It all brings about this mentality of whether, you know, in, in the social media age that we live in, it's, it's easy to get information out there. But the bigger question, like you said a while back, what is our end goal with that information? Is is our end goal biblically mission-oriented, or is that end goal just our political agenda at the forefront. And I, and I think those are two vastly different things because if you're informing with the intent to stick it to the other side, that's probably not actually, that's not really a biblical approach to that. Yeah. If you're informing for the, for the reason of a desire for people to be in line with scripture, thus in line with Christ in their life to meet Christ, to be reconciled with God, then I, te- I think it takes on a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very, very important that, that we get that, especially in the world today, that we make sure that we, even if you're listening to this, you can say, well, I really don't know what side I am of this argument. Then it's worthy, I think, of taking a step back, praying and saying, Lord, where is my heart? Where is my intention? And, and seeking repentance, seeking uh, that right relationship, that right perspective on it all, so that our efforts are not causing people to go the wrong direction. Because at the end of it all, we want people to be saved in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want people to to come to Jesus, our yeah. Savior. So yeah, and that really it should promote a holistic view of God that is missing from this marginal Christianity. If Christ is something we throw into politics, then it's just a, a food coloring in terms of the broader you know, global political scheme. Yeah. But if he does, if, if the scripture is our stance for our beliefs and the filter by which we want to form our life as God speaks to us in it and his Holy Spirit, then that's going to be, it's going to be better and easier really to form your right political views, especially for people like me. I'm, I'm noncommittal by personality. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. Peacemaker, I, I see both sides of things. Easily, but if you view it on scripture, then it affirms that Christ is the best for the world. He is the answer yes. for the world. So if he's the answer for the world for salvation, he's the answer for the world in terms of economic policy, in terms of you know uh, policies, gender, um, all of these things that are hot button nowadays. Yeah, it's yeah. one thing to look and try and view it completely, uh, you know, non biased and say what's the best for the world and go from there. But if Christ is the best for the world, then we can, then that can be our goal and and direct our thought through that path to effectively um, engage with the culture, which is something too that we have to do to engage with the culture. There's a, there's a mindset of Christianity that says, 
in, in some veins that we have to be to be a true Christian, to be holy, that you have to withdraw from the world and not engage because the world is is evil and without hope. But really, Scripture says, and it directs, it guides us to engaging with people, engaging with ideas, being ready to give answers to people's to, to people's objections, and to know God in a way that He is bulletproof to questions that might arise for you or, or to you, which changes a lot of things like you were saying. So yeah, it, it's, it's very important. Yeah. And I, I was, I was reading in Timothy about, you know, studying to, to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second uh, Timothy two fifteen, and then second Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so I think the word uh, of God definitely backs, backs those things up. And, and you're right. Like it, it, even though outside sometimes in the world can be kind of a challenging place. I mean, our mission, if the world is without hope, we, we have the hope yeah. and, and we, and we know what that hope is. And, and that's why our, our mission and our commission is so important because in a big, it's all the work of God, but he allows us to be a part of that. And, mm -hmm. and we get to take to a hopeless world, the source of all hope. And, and yeah. that just can't be done if we're, if we're completely backed off and just almost in, inclusive only ourselves. If we're all country club esque mentalities in the church, I mean, you just, you are not going to fulfill I don't believe the mission that Christ has given us to fulfill that requires you to be out there that, mm -hmm. you know, Christ traveled all around sharing, teaching, sharing the good news, you know, uh, doing miracles, performing miracles. You know, I mean, it, it was just something that, that he set the standard and an example for us to do. Uh, so yeah, I think a lot of mm -hmm. times when we think of culture, it is, you know, it's kind of like this tabooed and scary thing, but as ambassadors, that is the foreign land that we are to be dwelling in or, or, right. or going out into as representatives of Christ. Yeah. And, and sharing with them the hope, sharing with them the source of peace. What we're finding is frustration in political systems a lot of times and mm -hmm. in, yeah. the, in the government of the day. Well, of course, because it's worldly a lot in, in a lot of ways. And so the, you're never going to find satisfaction there. You only find satisfaction in Jesus. And that's who we take out to them, and that's why he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he is the primary for us as as Christians. Right. Um, so, so let me ask you this: this this kind of come. I don't know where we're at on time, but we're not really sure super right concerned about for another hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how important would you say? How well do we as a church would you say pray? You can't know this definitively, but how important slash how well is do we as a church pray? for those opposing opinions when it comes to political parties. You know, sometimes it seems like there's just animosity and there's no effort to approach the throne of God on behalf of the problematic areas that you see. So we take it on our own and we're like, Hey, we're just going to, we're going to be confrontational. We're going to be, we're going to present this animos, uh, this animosity toward the other side. We're going to target and attack. And it's like, well, wait, aren't 
we called to, to do something different, to be kind of different as followers of Christ? Right, right. Absolutely. I think if we do that, as we do, it's, it's easy to, it's how it's, everything is framed, yeah. our side or their side. So if you do pray for people with that mindset and you do try and do right without that worldview change, of, of not getting that it's about Christ and still, uh, you, you know, acting, living, believing as if Republican Democrat Party is king, practically speaking. Yeah. Then the people that you're praying for are going to become a, a caricature because really that's what, that's what's very prevalent. And that's kind of where we are is that, um, if, both of our sides are are king and we're fighting against each other, then there really can't be any true consideration of the other side. There's a point to where the, the waters are so muddy nowadays, it's not irredeemable, but it's much higher of a hill to climb to really hear people's ideas and to hear um, you know, the other side and to pray for that person without praying things like for their repentance. And for them to come to the right side and yeah. not thanking God for them or seeing them as a blessing or someone to learn from even or to hear their ideas. It's always seems like going to start in that place of from that demonization or yeah. the caricature of them being wrong. Yeah. Which paints us as being right, you yeah. know, by yeah. just automatic comparison. So I, I don't know if that's completely answering your question. Well, so I think, I think, I mean, you, you led us to a place where it's just, if, if your primary is Jesus, then your prayers for them are going to, is going to be that they come to Jesus. Yeah. Like, like it's not going to, it's not going to be from, from that standpoint of, you know, they're just, we're just angry at them and we want, you know, it's going to be from a standpoint of. It doesn't matter who they are, if they're doing wrong, if they're representing mm-hmm. wrong things, the main thing that they need, and this is, I, I don't, I'm not coming at this as someone that's perfected this, but the main thing that they need is Jesus. Right. And, and again, if he's the King of Kings, then, and that's the main perspective, then our prayers, I think, will reflect it for that person as well. And we shouldn't think it's a higher hill to climb for them to be saved if they're on the opposite side of the Absolutely aisle not. than if there's somebody on our side of the aisle. Absolutely not. And it's not just it's not just president. It's anybody. Yeah. It's it's anybody on that side, anybody on the Republican side. I'm certain there's probably Republicans that need Jesus too, and that we mm-hmm. need to be faithful to pray for. And so you have this this whole perspective. But again, when the when the King of Kings is Jesus and you in his kingdom, you're seeking first and his righteousness, then everything about what you do is going to reflect that, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. even to your very prayer life. Uh, you're not coming about it like strike them, Lord, with some kind, you know, like with this, like we just want them to hurt and feel pain, and I just disagree. So you're, yeah, you're coming about yeah. it with this love perspective that says, I don't want them to continue to be wrong in your eyes. I want them to meet you, Lord Jesus. Please help them to see you. Please put somebody in their life mm-hmm. that will lead them to you because. Yeah. You know, on that platform, you get a pretty good picture of where sometimes people stand if you're looking at their fruit and what they really need in their life, you know, yeah. and really that answer for all of us is 
Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right, and you're talking wrong, but absolutely, we won't pray wrong. They're wrong in the sense of being sinful before God, not in their primarily their political stances, oh, which absolutely. I think is yeah. where we automatically go for people like presidents. I know we um, it was before my time here, but um, pretty cool actually. They um, wrote a letter. Our prayer team wrote a letter to Trump, and he sent or his office or whatever sent a letter back which is really neat. Yeah. I was on the wall or, you know, uh, on the bulletin board there, the prayer bulletin board for a while. But uh, we shouldn't think that Trump is closer to Christ just because he's, you know, receptive to our letter or to our prayer. Oh, absolutely not. Than yeah. Obama or Biden. Yeah. Because they didn't. I think they sent one to Obama too, but. Um, well, the cool thing, yeah. cool thing is, is I think our, prayer group i think miss miss Rowe has sent a prayer card to biden into the oh great yeah yeah, yeah so i think yeah. i think she uh the lord kind of led her to do that and that's that's a really and we should be doing mm-hmm. that i mean we should yeah, yeah. agree disagree we should be praying but you're right it doesn't it doesn't necessarily elevate anyone to being cr- closer to christ necessarily um the reality mm-hmm. is is that all of us could be closer and should be striving to do that <laughs> to be right there you know oh for sure yeah, I think that's a very contemporary picture of taking up your cross. Because even this is difficult to talk about. I feel like I'm stumbling over my words this whole time. Yeah. And we're it feels like we're talking in circles more than we have the last two times, not because of you, just because of me and where this has been going. But it's not there's not this big payoff like is promised on this earth as is promised for our political parties because it's so charged and yeah. so intense and so fun in that way i kind of get into it in the same way you know people would get into reality tv or someone there's the drama yeah the drama like the stakes and i think it's fun you know even the pageantry of the u.s government and all the tradition and uh the 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 games and it's it's fun like um i watch tv show it's bad but uh back in the day house of cards about the frank underwood kevin spacey played just this really terrible guy but just about all the political maneuverings and um, good show, but terrible show. Yeah. You know, it's a fun. <laughs> yeah. All but, bundled uh, into one. <laughs> yeah. Right. So in talking about this, if Christ is the answer, we're going to see him in the kingdom of heaven and be in his kingdom in the kingdom of heaven. Right. And on the new earth where we're going to be. So that payoff isn't going to mean triumph over the Democrats, triumph over the Republicans to where they have to... Uh, you, you know, eat dirt just because they were wrong and yeah, they have to right, own right. it. It's going to be the kingdom of the devil that's going down. That's right. And of sin. Yeah. And those aren't lines that are drawn today. We don't get a lot of any good media or a good you yeah. know, political coverage about that because that's not where the lines are drawn today. Yeah. They're all really of this of this world, not talking unanimously, but on the side of the kingdom of this world. Yeah. So we have to believe that the Republican Party and the Democrat Party are going down when Jesus comes back. Yeah. Because they're not the kingdom of heaven. That's right. So and it's the, kind of hard to talk about just because like Well, and, and the victory is yeah. in Christ. Right, right, right. He is the victor. And you're yes. right. Like I, I appreciate you saying that because it is. It is it is the kingdom of the enemy and the and the kingdom of heaven. So it's it's too different. It you know, all of this is gonna be you know, we're not even going to be thinking when we get up there. I don't think that, oh, yeah. oh I was right and you were wrong. I mean, that's going to be, uh, a mo- I mean, a relevant point at that point because you're going to be answering, we're going to be answering for ourselves, right? So the yeah. things that we 
we did wrong. And so, yeah, that's a great, a great point that uh, the victory is in Jesus. Ultimately, it really is not in any worldly political party. It's only in Christ. And as people draw near to Christ, that's where true victory is, is found. Makes me think of that old hymn, Victory in Jesus. And we're going to have that complete victory one day when we see Christ reigning on his throne. So I think that's a, a good place to end for today. Do you have anything else for us that I'm missing, Daniel? Uh, no, I think uh, we, we just appreciate you all joining in with us as we, as we strive uh, to be the best Christ followers that we can be and, and discuss some of these pertinent issues to all of us, I think. All of us may have certain questions about things, and we're just trying to be the best we can for him. Thank you all for joining in with us. Yes, thank you. And uh, to encourage you, we know from Scripture that perfect love casts out all fear. So regardless of what's happening in the world today, we know that God in Christ has won the victory, and that victory will be shown here in hopefully the near future. As uh, Scripture says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So that's the confidence we stand on. And it's with that today that we leave you. Again, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd uh, want to contact us, we'd really appreciate that and enjoy hearing from you about questions, comments, snide remarks from today's show. <laughs> you can email me at andrew at fourfairfield.com. That's F-O-R fairfield.com. And Daniel's email is daniel at fourfairfield.com. We are a ministry of Rolling Hills Baptist Church in Fairfield, Ohio, hence the name of our website. So if you want to check us out and uh, learn more about us and about our Savior that we serve, our website is for Fairfield. That's F-O-R, fairfield.com. And uh, we'll look forward to connecting with you there. Yep, sounds great. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Jesus Follower. Catch you soon.